0: Welcome to the King's Church Podcast. We are an ACC church based on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We'd love for you to join us on any given Sunday. In the meantime, we hope this message blesses you. Uh, I just want to share with you today um, from Second Samuel uh, chapter 24, uh, Samuel 24 uh, verses 18 to 15. Second Samuel 24, 18 to 15. And it says this, And Gad came that day to David, Gad was a prophet, and said to him, Go up, erect an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Araunah the Jebusite. So David, according to the word of Gad, went up as the Lord commanded. Now Araunah looked and saw the king and his servants coming toward him. So Araunah went out and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. Then Araunah said, Why has my lord the king come to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor from you, to build an altar to the Lord. That the plague may be withdrawn from the people. Now Araunah said to David, "Let my king the Lord let my Lord the king, take and offer up whatever seems good to him. Look here are oxen for burnt sacrifice, and threshing implements and the yokes of the oxen for wood. All these sing, O king, Araunah has given to the king. And Araunah said to the king, "May the Lord your God accept you." Then the king said to Arununa, "No, but I will surely buy it from you for a price." Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for fifty shekels of silver. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord heeded the prayers for the land, and the plague was withdrawn from Israel. Time my message today is called Anatomy of a Breakthrough. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask and pray, Lord, that you would give us faith and hope with expectation for things you want us to do in our lives. I thank you and praise you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, This is a very well-known story. It was actually in two parts of the Bible. There's two accounts of it, where basically David uh, David uh, commanded a census of the people of Israel. Now, that doesn't sound like a big deal, but the issue was that God didn't want him to do it. Uh, and so what had happened was he realised that he had been disobedient in doing that. And then the Lord spoke to him and said, right, because of your disobedience, uh, there's you've got three results. Okay, you can choose. You can decide the results. And number one, you can have seven years of famine. Uh, number two, you can have three months at the hands of your enemies. Or number three, you can have three days of a plague. Uh, you know, what an option, eh? Uh, and David said, well, I'll uh, I'd rather have my hand in, the hand, in your hands, so I'll do three days of the plague. And on the first day, 70,000 people were killed uh, by this plague. Interestingly enough, after the first day, it's almost like God in his own nature relented. And so the angel of the Lord, which had gone around and was killing all the people, actually stopped over this place at the threshing floor, Araunah's place. And then the prophet Gad came back to David and he said to him, this is what you need to do. If you want to see the plague permanently stopped, this is what you have to do. And within it, we can see in this entire story, we can see some common principles that are all throughout scripture of how people actually received a breakthrough. There are a number of stories where literally we can see that people received a breakthrough and there's common elements in this story as in others. And so I want to talk to you today about anatomy of a breakthrough. I want to talk to you about three components of a breakthrough, because I believe that God has breakthroughs for people's lives as a result of these few weeks. Now, some people people are going to see it straight away. Sometimes that's what happens. Sometimes you see it soon after, or sometimes you see a partial breakthrough, but it's a sign of something that's going to come later. But either way, I believe over the course of these three weeks, things are going to happen. They're going to shift in the spirit that people are going to experience some breakthroughs in their lives, as a result. And so here in this passage I just want to talk to you about the three components of a breakthrough that we can find in here. The first one is in second Samuel chapter twenty four, verses eighteen and twenty one. It says and Gad came that day to David and said to him, Go up and erect an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Araunah the Jebusite. So David, according to the word of Gad, went up as the Lord commanded. Now Araunah looked and saw the king and his servants coming towards him, and Araunah went out, bowed down before the king with his face to the ground. Then Araunah said, Why has my lord the king come to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor from you to build an altar to the Lord, that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. The first component of a breakthrough is actually a promise, a promise. When when it comes to breakthrough, breakthroughs are things that we're actually believing for. Sometimes in Scripture, you can get unexpected miracles. The things just happen that are a blessing that you don't see coming. Uh, That's why the Bible says that he actually chases, surely goodness and mercy follow us. Sometimes God's got good things for you that you don't even see until it comes upon you. But there are some things that we can actually, he tells us ahead of time of what he's going to do. That's a breakthrough. It is possible possible for God to speak to you ahead of time for a breakthrough that he's going to actually produce in your life. This is exactly what happened here. The whole reason why David did this was because God had already spoken to him ahead of time about the breakthrough he's going to receive. This has happened many times in scripture a classic example is in 1 Kings chapter 17 in 1 Kings chapter 17 we see the prophet Elijah had commanded a drought and then at the after and then uh towards the end of that time and it was you know famine throughout the land uh he had felt God tell him to go to a town called Zarephath there a widow would take care of him And so he goes to Zarephath looking for this widow. If it was me and God told me about a widow that's going to look after me, I'm thinking of a rich elderly woman sitting in a limousine with a poodle named Fifi on her lap. But that is not what she found. What she found was a lady there just picking up a couple of sticks. So he goes up to her and he says to her, oh, can you get me a drink? And she said, sure, no worries. So she goes off to get him a drink. And then he says to her, oh, could you get me a morsel of bread as well? At that she stopped. She turned around and looked at him and said, no, I've only got enough flour and oil to buy, make two small cakes for me and my son and we're going to eat it and then we're going to die. So no, I'm not making you the, making you the bread. And because uh, Elijah was a prophet, not a pastor, uh, he said to her, yeah, whatever. In fact, you can make cake? Good. Make me a cake. You look it up in the scripture. He asked for a morsel of bread. He yupped it. He said, go make me a cake. And then he said to her this, the word of the Lord to you is this. The barrel of flour will not run out and the jar of oil will not run dry. Did you see that? He gave her, he told her ahead of time of the breakthrough that God was going to do. It is possible that over this season of prayer and fasting, God's going to speak to you about what he's going to do. It is actually possible. That's why the prayer component of this is so important. You know, a lot of us are fasting, but when you're fasting, instead of doing what you would normally do, then spend time in prayer in that time, because you're going to find God's going to speak to you about some things. He's going to show you some things. And when God makes you a promise, that actually now means that the breakthrough is available. If you need a miracle, the only way you can have it is when God declares it. Because when God speaks, things actually come to pass. That's why the Bible, you've heard me say many times, it says in the book of Titus, that God cannot lie. It doesn't mean he's got so much integrity he can't bring himself to lie. No, he can't lie. Why? Because when he says something, it's got to come to pass. If God was here today and said, oh, holy cow, there'd be a holy cow. Because when he says something, it's got to come to pass. So when God gives you a promise it opens up the possibilities. When God gives you a promise, no matter how impossible it looks, it means that God has an agenda for that thing to come to pass. And so we need to understand something that when God gives you a promise, he's saying, now this is going to happen. It may not have happened if he hadn't have said it, but now that he said it, it's actually going to come to pass. It's the same God who could speak to a storm and say, be still. It's the same God who can speak to someone who's got a withered, crippled hand and say, be healed. When he makes a promise and when he says something... It's going to come to pass. And all through scripture, you can see that when he makes that promise, it's the moment where it's like, now this breakthrough is available to you. The second component then, found in verses 22 to 24, says, Now Araunah said to David, Let my lord the king take and offer up whatever seems good to him. Look, here are oxen for burnt sacrifice and threshing implements, and the yokes of the oxen for wood. All these, O King Araunah, has given to the king. And Araunah said to the king, "May the Lord your God accept you." Then the king said to, said to Arauna, "No. But I will surely buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which cost me nothing." So David bought the threshing place, the threshing floor, and the oxen for the fifty shekels of silver. The second component of a breakthrough is a price. Is a price. All through scripture we see it. God makes a promise and now we pay a price. God is actually attracted to sacrifice. That's why even in these moments in church right now, across our church right now, the presence of God is coming in stronger. Why? Because we've been sacrificing. Because we've been fast. He responds to sacrifice. I told you in 1 Kings 17 about Elijah. Well, after he was with the uh, widow of Zarephath, then he actually had a duel with the prophets of Baal. And the prophet, basically the whole nation had been given over to idolatry. And so Elijah had a duel with them basically to see who served the true God. And so what they did was they both prepared a sacrifice. And they laid out the wood and the bull. And and Elijah said, we're not going to light it. We're going to call down fire from our God. And the God who answers by fire is the true God. So the prophets of Baal, they set up their altar. They set up their sacrifice. And then they were calling down to their God to answer by fire. In fact, they were cutting themselves, beseeching themselves, but nothing happened. And then eventually Elijah said, okay, my turn. And he had his altar set up. But he did something a little bit different. He had the wood and he had the, and he had the um, oxen on it, but he added something else. He dug a trench around it and then he said, I want you to go get me four, four, um, four flasks, four water, four water jugs and bring them to me. So they grabbed four water jugs and he poured it out and then he said, go do it again. And they did it again. And he said, go do it a third time. Twelve water jugs. Now, it's hard to know exactly how much water it was, but the Bible says that the trench was filled with water. So it's not like your little jug that you go and get. It must have been more than that. Think about it. He pours it over the altar. It soaks that and it fills the trench. Remember, this is a drought. They've had a drought for three and a half years. So who knows that when you pour water on, drought, on dry land, it soaks it up straight away. So there was clearly enough water to soak it up, to cover the whole altar, and completely fill the trench. That's a lot of water. And they haven't had rain for three and a half years. So then he called down fire from heaven, and fire came and they all licked it up, and all the water was dissolved out of the trench. All the people that had turned away from the Lord, all the people in the whole nation said, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. That revival in a day, friends, yeah. overnight. People say, oh, could God bring revival in a day? 100%, he's already done it. Revival in a day. But notice this, the fire fell on the sacrifice. What did he put on the sacrifice? A whole lot of water in a drought. The very thing they needed was the very thing they poured out. Have you ever found that? The very thing you need is the very thing God tells you to sow. The very thing that you're believing for, God is telling you I want you to sow. Have you ever found that very often just before a breakthrough you've got to pay a price and there's an element of sacrifice to it? I've seen that happen many, many times in my life. I remember one time I was in a meeting and... Uh, it was in Mackay, and uh, we were receiving an offering for the for a guest speaker at something, and uh, and found out after all this that this person actually had major medical issue and some big bills coming up later. None of us knew that at the time, and and I remember that uh, he, you know, he was ministering that time, and we're going to receive the love offering. And my typical thing for a love offering was I'll just chip in, you know, twenty bucks, something like that, just tip it in, and that sort of thing, and I was going to put it on the credit card, and and as I was getting the credit card slip out, I just felt the Lord speak to me, and uh, and He said, "How." How big, uh, how big do you want your youth group to be? Uh, and uh, we were believing for our youth group uh, to double. That year we were believing for it to get to 250 kids and, and I said, I want 250. He said, well, I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> so I wrote 250 on the credit card slip. And, uh, you know, it was a little bit of pain, not much, but, you know, a little bit. And, and as we're about to come past with the buckets, he goes, put a zero on it. before or after the decimal point? (laughs) He said before. And you just kind of know in moments like that, it's not your flesh telling you to do that. You know it's not the Lord telling you to do that. Uh, Just like we did in that offering message. You know, God used people to pour in the lamp of others. So I thought, oh gosh, now that's a price. But I couldn't shake it. I just knew. So I put that zero on the front of it front of the disciple point, and it ended up being 2500 and put in the offering. That person we gave the offering to found out the next week they had cancer. And I was thinking, oh, well, they probably needed some medical bills and that sort of thing. And within six months, our youth group had doubled. And it grew to 250 kids. What I found is this, that any time God tells me he's going to give me a breakthrough, he says, now there's the price. Every single time. All through scripture, we can see examples of that. That's so often that when there's, a pro- when there's a promise, sometimes there's a price and a sacrifice. That's why we're encouraging people at this time to ask the Lord about what you would sow. It's just between you and God. There's no pledges. I don't have a faith target that we're trying to reach or anything like that. It's between you and the Lord. Whatever the Lord tells you, sow into that offering, believing for the breakthrough that he's promising you about. There's a promise and then there's a price. The third thing is this. It says in verse 25 of 2 Samuel 24, and David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord heeded the prayers for the land and the plague was withdrawn from Israel. So not only did he make a sacrifice, but he actually also prayed. See, it says the Lord heeded the prayers for the land and the plague was, they stopped a pandemic through, by paying a price, but also through prayer. Prayer is the third component. Prayer and giving together is incredibly powerful. All through Scripture, when you see people praying and giving at the same time, nothing but the miraculous happens. A classic example we would know the stories of Acts chapter ten, talks about a man by the name of Cornelius. Cornelius was a soldier in the Italian regiment, so he was a Gentile. He was not a Jew. And one day, as he was praying, the Lord came. The Lord sent an angel to come and visit him. And once the angel came and basically told him to go and get Simon Peter and he got Simon Peter and Peter was one of Jesus' disciples. Simon Peter came, preached the gospel to him and then his whole family got, uh, he got saved, his whole family got saved and the Bible said the Holy Spirit fell upon them. They started speaking in other tongues and the Spirit of God fell upon them. This was the moment actually in the story that was used by the New Testament church in Jerusalem to finally allow Gentiles in. Even though that they were supposed to allow Gentiles in, they just didn't have the mindset. This was the moment where they knew the Gentiles are supposed to join us. And thank God, because every one of us here is a Gentile. And the thing is that it was a significant moment. It was a significant breakthrough. I remember thinking to myself, well, why, you know, how come that happened? But you read the scripture and it tells us that when the angel came and he saw Cornelius, he said to Cornelius, God has heard your prayers and seen your arms. It's like, oh, does that mean you've got to have big arms like, you know, Noah Folau or something and in order for an angel to appear? No, no, no. Uh, heard your presence, seen your arms. A-L-M-S. Gifts of generosity. Generosity of the poor. So watch this. His prayer and his giving resulted in a breakthrough. There's power in our prayer and in our giving. In 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7, it talks about King Solomon the Bible says that night God came to Solomon ask, and said, ask me whatever you want, I'll give it to you. That's a pretty impressive night. That's an pretty important moment. And then Solomon said to him, I want wisdom and knowledge. And, the, and God said to him, well, because you've asked for the right thing, not only will you have wisdom and knowledge, but you're actually going to have financial abundance as well and peace from your enemies. That's a pretty good night. But we see what happened the, the day of that night. The Bible tells us in 2 Chronicles 1 verse 6, that that day he offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar before the lord that wasn't an offering of uh, that wasn't an offering of um, you know forgiveness of sin or ritual purity he's a king he can't offer that that's actually the job of a priest it was an outstanding act of generosity and because of his outstanding and he was also praying that day as well he was leading a prayer meeting with the people his prayer and giving produced an incredible breakthrough i believe for people in the life of our church over the next season That as we pray and as we give and as we fast, God is going to release breakthroughs into our lives. That God's going to release things into your world as well. So that prayer and giving together is powerful. This is not the only example of Scripture where a promise and then a price and then a prayer resulted in a breakthrough. There are a number of examples in Scripture. A promise, we need a promise from God because it makes it available. A price, because God is attracted to sacrifice. And a prayer, because God says in 2 Chronicles that if you humble yourselves and pray and seek his face, then he will hear from heaven and he will heal our land. We do all those things together, you'll be amazed at what can happen in your life as a result of it. And I believe God has breakthroughs for every single one of us. So my encouragement for you is this, that over, even though we've already been going for seven days, my encouragement for you is this, to consider what kind of fast you might do. To also pray, choose a prayer meeting. We've got one online on a Tuesday night as well with Pastor Matt Triagas. It's on the Kings Australia Facebook page. You can join that one as well. And also to consider what you might bring. Yes, it's going to go. We pretty well give away most of it. It will go to mo- it will go and honor all our missions, uh, commitments, and that sort of thing. But that's not even the point. Because sometimes the Lord will ask us to offer a sacrifice in order to receive a breakthrough. And I believe that God has breakthroughs for every single one of us in this place. Amen. And so what I want to do today is this. Um, We're talking about prayer and I thought, well, really should open up the altars then and pray for anyone who wants to receive prayer. I guess during COVID and that sort of thing, it wasn't really the thing to do and all that sort of stuff. But now there's nothing stopping us. And so we're going to continue to worship God a little bit longer. And, and as we do, I'm going to open up the altar and pray. Purposely preached a little bit shorter today because we want to pray and minister to people. But also too, I was just sensing as we were worshipping God before, his presence is in this place. And I was sharing this at the 8.30. that The Bible tells us in Psalm 23 that God anoints my head with oil. So he smothers the head of the sheep with oil. And what it does is it keeps bugs at bay and that sort of thing. But also too, like just for our lives, that you can spend time in his presence, soak a little bit longer, and he's going to anoint and cover your head uh, with oil. I love the story about when Jesus, uh, you know, was sitting at someone's house and Mary Magdalene came in and she had a bottle of pure nard which was very expensive. Now, pure nard, that's telling me that it's pretty strong. Maybe it was like a whole big bottle of parfum or something like that. And she grabbed it. She poured the whole thing out over him. Could you imagine how he was smelling the rest of the week? That wherever he went, people could sense the aroma of her sacrifice. Notice this, she made a great sacrifice and then Jesus said she will be known forever for what she's done today. She received a bit of a breakthrough as well. But notice this, wherever he went, he would have carried that aroma. Remember when Trish and I, we went on our first date. It was the first time, it was in 1998, I think. Was that right, 98, something like that? And I went over there, I was a poor Bible college student and uh, I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have any expensive perfume, but someone had given me one of those little testers, you know, and that's like a bottle of a tester and so... And so it was like in a little vial. And so it wasn't didn't have a squeezy thing on it, you had to pull the lid off and pour it. And I pulled the lid off and poured it and the whole thing went all over my hands. And I was like, what should I do? And I thought, I got nothing else. So I just put it on, you know, and, and I went and picked her up from her place. <clears throat> and I could tell she could smell it straight away. First date, you know. We go out, we walk into the car. Walk into the car to go on the date. It's her car, actually. And, uh, <laughs> and we went over and I said, what do you think of my aftershave? <laughs> I can't now, because of society right now, tell you exactly what she said to me. <laughs> Suffice to say, that was the first moment I realised I was going out with a banana farmer's daughter, you know. But... <laughs> but wherever we went, smothered with it. I just sense today, we're going to linger a little longer. I preach short on purpose. Sometimes when his presence here, you've got to back out. His presence here, and where you are, he's smothering you with his presence. As you worship him, as you soak in his presence, people are going to sense it. You're going to walk around and say, something, what's happened? I don't know. They can smell it. The aroma. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for new messages weekly. You can keep updated on what's happening in the life of King's Church by following us on social media at King's Church GC. Be blessed.